Hey, what's up, and welcome to Ski Stuff, the all-encompassing ski podcast. Welcome back to the year-long endeavor that is Ski Stuff. I'm Thomas Yackle, the host of this podcast. Today, we are going into a bit of a dive into history. We're going to be looking at the use of skiing in World War II, one of the deadliest conflicts of all time. With help from special interview guest, we're going to be looking into the use of skis in the Great Conflict, and more specifically, the use of skis in the Finnish army. Now, to introduce our interview guest, Anneli Jakula. Hi, can I get your name and what do you do for a living, I guess? <laughs> okay, my name is Anneli Jakula, and I am a retiree. Uh, thank you. Just a bit of background. My father's side of the family is Finnish, and my great-grandfather fought in World War II. He fought in what is now known as the Continuation War, a little less well-known than the Winter War. It was still longer and deadlier than the Winter War. It took place between Finland and the Soviet Union. Now for a quick bit of history on the war. In 1939, the Soviet Union invaded Finland because Finland had ceded from it in 1917 during the Russian Revolution. The Soviet Union wanted to gain back Finland as their own territory. The Soviet Union won the war at a heavy cost, but gained back most or some of their territory. This caused tensions to rise significantly between Finland and Soviet Union. A war like that would cause tensions to rise. Finland allied themselves with Nazi Germany to protect against another potential Soviet attack. And when Germany went under Operation Barbarossa in 1941, Finland attacked a couple months later to get back the territory the Soviet Union stole. This war saw lots of conflicts in the mountains and forests. With all this rough terrain, the main method of transportation for small groups and soldiers was skiing. All Finnish boys knew, learned and know how to ski. So when winter fell, they could get around extremely quickly on skis. This sort of quick transportation was even better than trucks and tanks, as they would get stuck in the massive, massive amounts of snow. For Finland, the war was about quick and surprising attacks, as the Soviet Union outnumbered him. This was why skis were so important for Finland in the winning of small skirmishes and battles. So, um, you mentioned he was skiing. Did you Do you know anything about... Did, like, did any more of the Finnish army use skis, or was it just like... Oh, yes. Yeah. Hey, well, what else? You you spend... You are uh, in the uh, forest, and there's uh, one meter of snow. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody skied. Fortunately, yeah, all the Finns skied. No, if they had to move somewhere, they skied. Mm-hmm. And I understand... Well, there were some roads that um, the tanks went, and if the guys were not marching well it was marching at summertime and when there was no no snow but when there was no they skied most of the battles in the continuation war took place in the early stages of it so 1941 and 1942 the battles were mainly in east karelia an area that had once been part of finland but was now part of the russian territory as uh, the winter war treaty the other area was near Murmansk in Russia, so quite far north. 
The continuation war continued all the way to 1944, but no major battles took place. It ended in late summer of 1944. A ceasefire took place in September, and this ceasefire was formalized in the Moscow Treaties in October 1944. This treaty stated Finland would have to give up ter the territory gains from the war, lease the Porkla Peninsula to the Soviet Union for 10 years, and pay $300 million in war reparations. And they also had to formally acknowledge they were an ally of Nazi Germany. The numbers of this war were pretty staggering for a pretty unknown conflict. Approximately 700,000 Finnish soldiers fought in this war. There's approximately 225,000 casualties for the Finnish side, with 63,000 dead. They were supported by 67,000 Germans, which approximately 50,000 died. Russia sent in over a million, the exact numbers aren't known, but over a million soldiers with approximately 890,000 to 944,000 casualties with 300,000 dead. These were staggering numbers and these did not include civilian casualties. This war cost both nations horribly. Such a horrible war can generate some amazing and unbelievable accounts and stories. One of them that was amazing and unbelievable is my great-grandfather's. These types of stories really humanize the war and the people who fought within it. My great-grandpa's stories are crazy and everything you expect that would come from someone who fought against the Soviet Union on the front lines. Well, that's enough hyping up my grandpa's story. I'll let my grandma tell it for you. My dad, I understood five, four or five other young men, young soldiers, were skiing in the forest in a row and uh, the Soviets uh, ambushed them. So the bullets, this is the story my dad never told us, never. He never told us any war stories, but I, I happened to eavesdrop once when he was talking with his friends. And also, um, uh, some 30 years ago, he was interviewed to this book uh, where they, they interviewed um, as many men that were fighting in the war about their experiences in the war. So this is the story that he told to the book, and I have seen that book, so... and seen the story in that book too so it must be true so yes the bullets started coming the first young man who was skiing was killed right away and one guy behind my dad same was killed and after well after two hours, when it took two hours for the surviving guys to get to safety, and when he was checking his uh, clothes, he saw a bullet hole in his hat. Hmm. So if that bullet would have been maybe two centimeters lower, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here.
That is crazy. That's so yeah. lucky. Yeah, so lucky. Well, I need. Thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be recorded and coming on the show um, and well, talking. Well, it was my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for talking well, about... Um, thanks, thanks, Thomas. All right. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye. The stores of war are crazy. So crazy, they might not even see real. That was some of my great-grandfather's stories and experience in the Continuation War. This project, as all of the PLP projects have, is a driving question. The driving question is, how can we use stories to understand the cause and consequences of World War II? Here is my answer to that question. I think my great-grandfather's story shows that war is not just facts on a website. Wars are fought with humans, and all of them have stories. These stories humanize war make it seem deeper than numbers, and show its effects on individual humans. I think these ideas were represented in my great-grandfather's story, showing how horrible and personal war can be. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Scheme Stuff. Come back soon for the third episode. If you could please subscribe, that would be a huge help and it's free. Just one clip or a tap makes a difference. Another big thank you to Emily for coming on the show. Again, thank you for listening. See you next time, and keep dreaming about skiing. Peace out.